You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon. You are here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, host of... Oh, hold on. I have to... I'm saying we're listening to you live. We're listening to me at the same time. So we have to get rid of that one. Anyway, um, you are here with Dr. Jeff Werber, host of Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. And we're here for you. We're here to um, basically help you wherever way we can with your pets. We, if you have any questions, you can go ahead and ask your questions. And um, uh, easy to get us. You can do a few things. Number one, you can call us live at 877-385-8882. Once again, it's 877-TOLL-FREE, 385-8882. You can also come online, as I just did. You can click on to Pet Life Radio and click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab under Shows. And you can scroll down, and you're going to see a link. Mark, our producer, puts a link, and you can actually join us live on Google Hangouts, sit in front of your phone, sit in front of your computer, whatever the case may be, and show us that pretty face. Show us that dog's pretty face, the cat's pretty face, and um, we can talk live about anything you want. In fact, you know, I have to laugh. Someone sent me a really, really cute, it's a coffee mug, and we're going to talk about this on the second half of the show, but and you know, I think this is, it was so perfect, and I want to spread all over the place, and it says like this. It says, please do not confuse your Google search with my medical degree. And um, we're going to talk all about online information and all too often online misinformation. We'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, we're here for, thanks to our sponsors, we have More Than a Cone. And More Than a Cone is Kong Veteranate products and basically raising awareness for animal wellness through the arts. It's really great. And they're doing more and more of these More Than a Cone evening fundraisers, whatever, throughout the country. They had one, uh, already two here in Los Angeles, and they're great. Basically, what they do is they take world-famous artists that will paint, do their artwork on the Elizabethan collars, the cones that we all have to often put our dogs and cats on. And then they are auctioned and they're, some of these are going to go in to production. So instead of wearing just a cone, your pet's going to be wearing a work of art by a world-famous artist. I think it's really cool. So um, look for that. And also ProSense Pet Products, Brevecto, and Save This Life Microchip, still trying to get the CEO and the, the founder creator of Save This Life on with us to talk about microchips, talk about lost pets, give you some statistics. And for anyone who it does not have their pet microchip, it's time, definitely time. So as I like to start doing, unless I hear from you about some burning question, something you really need to know, um, I peruse some of the veterinary news websites, and there's some interesting things. This I found very interesting and um, discovered that the common cold virus that's right. The virus that many of us get, some of us even have, like right now as we speak, is originated in camels. And there is another virus, a cold virus in camels, called the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, MERS. And the fear is that that disease is fatal in people. Some people have already been affected with MERS. And by the nature of how quickly the cold virus actually can and does spread, the fear is that this virus, the MERS virus, will start evolving to the point where it can spread as readily and easily 
as our common cold virus because they both have originated in the camel. And the bad news is, unlike the common cold, MERS can be fatal in people. So stay away from camels. No, no, not really. Just just know that it's out there. If you are chilling in the Middle East with a camel, just be careful. Now, if there are any like rat people out there that just are hating rats, yet you're an animal welfare advocate at the same time, what do you do? Because right now, people are setting traps and killing these rats, obviously affecting the rat population. How many of us have get cats become ratters around our house? Well, there's a new medication out there, a new uh, chemical, I should say, that is a rat contraceptive liquid. And it is fed to rats in the house and the, the traps are instead of trapping them, they put the liquid in the food and it, it reduces viability in both sperm and egg by as much as 40%. That means a, a drop in rat population without killing them by as much as 40%. So for uh, those of you out there that are kind of hate the rats and, and are bothered by them, yet you don't necessarily want to kill them, here's a solution for you. Uh, another story, Zika. You know, we've heard so much about Zika virus, and now they've had new cases, 35 cases so far in Florida and in Miami Beach, acquired from, of, of course, local mosquitoes. And we know that in the hot, humid areas like Miami, mosquitoes are prevalent. That's why everybody who lives in the Southeast should definitely be on year-round heartworm prevention, whether it's the the Gulf Coast, uh, Louisiana, Texas, Florida, Atlanta. uh, You need to be on year-round protection. It's a big problem. Also, there was something that I copied that I want to share with you. This is from the American Veterinary Medical Association. And basically, they published a list of the top 10 pills that can be dangerous or even deadly for our pets. And what's interesting is some of the medications on this list are commonly used in veterinary medicine, which indicates the need for caution and care and concern every time you have human pharmaceuticals, human meds around your house, that even though they may be okay for your pet, the dosing is critical. And you need to check with your veterinarian. Don't feel just because you take it and it's safe for you, it's 100% safe for your pets. So we're going to go down the list real quick. If you want to, you don't have to get your pen and copy them down now, but you can always get a hold of me here at Pet Life Radio by Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And I will get the mails. And if you have, if you'd like, I can send the link to this list to you because it's very interesting stuff. First of all, ibuprofen. Ibuprofen, first of all, the way it looks, it looks kind of cool. Some animals will you know, just like to eat it. It's tasty for them. And um, it can cause severe kidney disease, can cause stomach ulcerations, etc. Two, tramadol. Now, tramadol we use all the time, but it's a different dosing. And if too much tramadol can cause... Like, so if you don't hide the pills and, and that dog of yours gets a hold of that pill vial, then it's a problem. So agitation, wobbliness, disorientation, vomiting, even seizures. So... Be very careful. Another one on this list that we use often in veterinary medicine is alprazolam, Xanax. And we use it for anxiety. It's very effective. It does you know, cause some sedation and anxiety. However, too much large doses can cause a major drop in blood pressure and cause weakness and even collapse. Adderall, I have not used it in veterinary medicine. I, I have funny, I've had, actually had some people that want me to prescribe Adderall for their pets. Really? Um, so, you know, these people, you know, it's like, it's like the person who you give something that, you know, is legitimate for the pet, like Xanax, and you give them enough for, say, 10 days. They call you three days later and say, oh, you won't believe it, but I opened the vial and it was right over the sink and all the pills went down the sink. Could I get a refill? Uh, 
I'm not so sure I want to give you a refill because I don't buy your story. Anyway, and so for those of you thinking of doing that, trust me, most of us, the veterinarians, have heard these stories again and again and again. So you're not pulling the wool over our eyes this time. So anyway, Adderall, it does have the same effect. However, they use it Adderall for ADHD. And it's a stimulant, but for kids with ADHD or adults with ADHD, it has a reverse effect. Well, in dogs, it has the effect that it's intended to be, and that is a stimulant. And it can elevate heart rate and temperature. It can cause hyperactivity, can cause tremors, also very dangerous. Ambien, another one used for sleep aid in people, has the opposite effect. Most dogs that, are, that have taken it accidentally, of course, very, very agitated, elevated heart rates. Again, not a good idea. Clonazepam, clonopin. It's used for anti-seizure. Again, it is used. It is safe when used under your doctor's care. And you do not want to give too much. You don't want to give more. If the seizures are not controlled, don't just give, don't think, well, if a little is good, more is better. Not the case. It must be under your veterinarian supervision. And if at the dose range prescribed, it's not working, see your doc. And uh, we may have to make a change in dose range. Acetaminophen, Tylenol. Very common painkiller, as we all know. I don't think there's a a house that I'm speaking to right now that does not have it, acetaminophen. But you need to know it is very, very potentially dangerous. It will kill a cat. Once again, Tylenol will kill a cat. So um, treatment is very difficult. You have to jump right on it. Uh, It causes something called methemoglobinemia and basically preventing the cat's oxygen from linking onto the binding sites on the hemoglobin molecule because methemoglobin does not have the binding sites for oxygen. So very, very dangerous. Naprosyn. Naprosyn is another OTC, really, really good pain reliever for people. It's a non-steroidal. However, like the others, it can cause problems with stomach ulcerations and even renal failure. And then here are a couple like uh, Effexor and uh, Cymbalta, that they're antidepressants, and both of these are very, very dangerous for pets. Your pets should not be on these medications. Drummers, seizures, increased vocalization, agitation, et cetera, et cetera. So just keep in mind that if you or anyone in your household, or even if they're medications prescribed by your doctor, by your veterinarian, make sure that you keep the pill vials away from your pets. And remember one thing, childproof vials for most of our pets are worthless. They are not because the dogs are never trying to remove that lid anyway. They are biting right into it. So um, keep that in mind. Uh, Speaking of biting, this was really good. This is a true role reversal. Here's a a story. Seven pit bulls were attacked by a cat. You got it. A cat, a huge, large cat. And I'm talking a domesticated cat. We're not talking about an ocelot or a cougar. We're talking about just a very good-sized 20-pound-ish cat, very nasty cat, saw a pit bull group walking with their seven pit bulls, all having a nice afternoon walk. And out of nowhere came this cat and started jumping and attacking these dogs, biting, scratching. A couple of them had to end up going to the veterinarian. Fortunately, no major, major damage. But one, the scratches were all over the eye. The article I read had a picture of this one pit bull. And interestingly, the pit bulls were so mellow throughout the whole thing, they did not try to attack the cat. I think they were so shocked and it happened so fast, they don't know what hit them. And um, anyway, just so I thought that was kind of uh, comical, I would not say funny, comical, but it's such a role reversal because here we are, tell, you know, so many people talk about these pit bulls and how aggressive and how unpredictable. And, and here they get nailed by a cat. 
And last thing I wanted to, to mention, and it's, there's nothing comical about this one, ear problems. A study came out that when your pet, which is very, very common, especially this time of year, because it's one of the manifestations of allergy, pollen allergies can cause ear problems, food allergies can cause ear problems, ear infections, inflammations, don't ignore them. The study showed that when ignored, if they become too chronic, they can cause permanent damage to the ear, including deafness, vestibular disease, pain, and often the ultimate surgery, the ultimate treatment of choice is a surgery to do what's called a canal ablation, either a vertical canal ablation or a total ear ablation, depending on the nature of the condition and how long-standing the condition is. So be very, very careful. When your pet has ear issues, you see discharge, you see scratching, you see redness, do yourselves, do your pet a favor and take them straight to your veterinarian. Anyway, hold on. We're going to, don't go away. We're going to be back in just a few after these brief words. We're going to talk about Google and internet searches and we'll set, you'll kind of give you some guidelines. Anyway, don't go away. We'll be back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm home. My hair looks cute. Now what? Bringing home a puppy or new dog is exciting, and he's depending on you to keep him in good health. Dogs need special care to keep them healthy as they grow throughout their entire life. Caring for their health is critical in all stages. With ProSense, it's simple and convenient to give your dog the care it needs with effective and quality products that treat, prevent, and provide essential daily vitamins and minerals. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, If I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back, everybody. Taking my big coffee break here. So... Um, as I opened the show, um, a, someone sent me a picture of a great coffee mug. I'm actually going to try to find it because it is so appropriate. I don't think there's a veterinarian on the planet that has not had to have this discussion with clients. We joke about it with each other. We often talk about Dr. Google and the, the coffee mug. If you weren't uh, here at the very beginning of the show, 
please do not confuse your Google search with my medical degree. And what happens is, I mean, again, as I often say about the internet in general, it's not just Google, it's any search site. But I'd say the internet is a wonderful, fantastic source of information. But unfortunately, it's also a tremendous source of misinformation. Because what happens, it's, it's, I always say it's like listening to that commercial. That's in the first part we talked about these like Cymbalta and then Effexor. If you ever listen to one of those commercials, yeah, first of all, you have these people that are very depressed, right? And they, they're on their Cymbalta. And all of a sudden you see them, oh, happy and playing with their children and their grandchildren at the park. And oh, what a lovely sight. And then all of a sudden at the end of the commercial, you hear the side effects. You hear the potentials for what's going on. And basically, if you listen to those, you say, hell, I'm not taking that. It's going to kill me. And they have to write these things. They have to mention them. These are the one in a million, two in a million, three in a million reactions that people have had. And they're not even sure that it was because of that drug. It could have been something else they were taking at the same time, but they have to be reported. And when they're reported, it has to be advertised. So basically, what you are hearing and what you have to hear are the very unusual, the rare reactions, the rare problems, the rare symptoms of a disease, etc. So often, if you key in your dog's symptomology or your cat's symptoms or your whatever pet you have, and then you start searching about it, you're going to get from these search sites the most bizarre, unusual diseases that I mean, a veterinarian would be lucky to see once or twice in his or her lifetime. And here, your your clients, you are calling your vets and say, oh, my God, I think my dog has whatever. In essence, you're not even close. You know, I've mentioned these before. I'm going to do it again until you really get it. And when you speak with your veterinarian, and again, your veterinarian really needs to be part of this equation. And that is, first of all, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Secondly, I love the KISS rule. Keep it simple, stupid. In other words, you're not going to look for these weird things. You're going to go with what's obvious. This leads me to my most favorite. It may not make sense to any one of you out there that doesn't live in California, but I guess I'm sure you can get it. And that is if you're running along the beach in Malibu and you hear hoofbeats chasing you from behind, what are you thinking, horses or zebras? And the obvious answer is the horse. So, I say to these people, I say to doctors, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a case in from, as I would call it, just to be nice, elsewhere animal hospital. And I'm looking at the complaint and the workup and the choice of tests being recommended or done if it's after the fact and the exorbitant charge for doing this. And I say, whoa, what was this guy or this woman thinking? I mean, it couldn't be that whatever that, what they were thinking was, because if it were, then your pet would also be doing X, Y, Z, which it clearly isn't. Well, now, one thing I I have learned early in my career, I never say never, because I've been burned. All of us have been burned. All of us at some point might get that case that is like the end of those commercials you see on TV, where it's the most bizarre manifestation, something that is not normal. It's not going to happen. So I never say, oh, that can never happen. Now I say it's possible, but I was talking about the list I create, an imaginary list. And I say, here are the things that are up here at the top of the list. Now that I, it could happen, but it's, it's way down here. We're not gonna, I'm not going to even start thinking about that one until I've ruled out all the much more likely causes. And what Google doesn't see and what you don't report, because you did not, you weren't asked to report it, 
But if they were smart, they would start and start asking you questions about the rest of the pet. So your dog's been vomiting for three days. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Are you concerned? Yeah, you should be concerned. However, let me ask you some other questions. Is your dog still eating? Well, yes or no. If it is yes, okay. How about your dog's general attitude? Still playing? If you say out, if you get the leash going, does it want to run outside and go for a walk? All right. So if the answer is yes, and the answer is still eating, guess what? I'm way less concerned right now about the vomiting. I can give you a zillion reasons why dogs vomit. You know, one of the main reasons for dogs vomiting is vomiting and then eating. So the very reason, the very same thing you're doing, you're thrilled that despite the vomiting, your dog is eating. But can you picture the stomach? Which I, and the reason I'm using vomiting, it's probably one of the most common symptoms we see that freaks people out. So picture the stomach as a muscular sack. It is. It's a sack. It's a muscular sack. It's lined by, by you know, it has intestinal lining. It has rugi, which are folds. It has secretions, and, and it, it's kind of glossy. And yet, it's still a muscle sack that we can't control. It's, it's a smooth muscle, all right? So it has its contractions, which helps propel the food out of the stomach. Well, in a vomiting dog, you can only imagine what this stomach is doing, what it looks like. And it's almost like taking a, a rag and wringing it out. So whatever irritation that led to the initial vomiting is going to continue to get worse as the dog continues to vomit. So when we have that dog who's still eating, so it has substrate that which is going to make it vomit because it's stretching that stomach wall. So the dog is vomiting more, but still wants to eat, right? So basically, whatever was the initial source of the vomiting could be long gone. But because of the dog's behavior, because of many factors, it could still be vomiting, but the dog is acting totally fine. When I have a dog coming in, one of the first things I want to do is offer it some food. And if that dog wants to eat my finger, I take some little baby food and I put it in front of the dog. If he like attacks the food, I already right now know that whatever it is, is probably not that serious. Now, could it be early in the serious game, meaning an obstruction, maybe he ate a corn cob and he's still feeling good right now? Yes, of course it can. But I'm not going to say we're not going to follow up. We're going to get a history. We're going to maybe, maybe take x-rays. I've had cases where I didn't even take an x-ray because after feeling the pet, doing my exam, palpating, getting a thorough history. It all boils down to a thorough history. And guess what? When you go online and you put in those key problems, you're not giving Google a thorough history. Literally, Dr. Google, there's no doctor there listening to your complaints and able to answer them legitimately, intelligently, because he has no history. All he hears is vomiting. That's a problem I have with, there's a a hospital chain out there, uh, a big one, sadly, and everything is done by computer. So when you come in and you put down, you talk to the doctor about the complaints, all the, the doctor does is key in into their, their software system, vomiting diarrhea, right? And all of a sudden, it, it shoots back all the tests they have to run. That's crazy because get a good history. You might find out, wait a second, this is nothing. He's a puppy. He was playing with something. He vomited. Duh, right? He went outside and he ate grass. Yeah, so he vomited. Duh. It doesn't mean that you have to start doing thousands of dollars worth of tests. What it means is get a good history, develop a game plan. And so be careful when you get online and you hear about what Google is telling you all the things. If you want to just do a little research, yes, do some research. Get as much as you can. You know, WebMD, a lot of these sites are are pretty good. Absolutely. But make sure that you take all this information, share it with your doctor, talk to your veterinarian. And of course, uh, if it's anything that persists more than a day, see your veterinarian It doesn't mean that you still are going to have to do all this testing. What it means is you'll get a thorough physical exam and the key to most good diagnosticians.
is the history and the physical. Even before test one, get a good history, a thorough physical, and you should have your answers 80%, 70% for sure, merely by your history and physical. And then the rest comes after that. The rest of the tests that are going to be done are just for confirmation purposes if you need confirmation. And a lot of times you don't. The history and physical is all you need. So beware. If you have a, a test-happy doctor, that means this doctor, and I, I hate to burst the bubble, but guess what? I can, that this doctor does not do thorough history and physicals. If you ask a doctor who says they want to do test XYZ, why are you taking that test? And if the answer is, because I need to try to find out what's going on, wrong answer, wrong answer. The answer should be, because based on my history and physical, I think this is what's going on, and I now I just want to confirm it before we actually treat it. Or there are two treatment possibilities here. I want to get my tests. I want to take that x-ray. I want to do the blood just to make sure we're on the right track. But I'm pretty sure it is blank. That's the kind of answer you should be getting from your doctor. Anyway, enough of my, my soapbox. I love being on the soapbox, by the way, because I am, after a lot of years doing this, I've seen it all. Anyway, great to be here. I may not be here next week. I'm traveling. I'll be in New York, but I think I can do the show live from New York. I'm going to try. Um, and I think the week after that, it's a holiday weekend, so we're going to be off. Um, but it's either going to be next week or in three weeks. Um, we will see you back here, here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. If you have any questions or you want to comment about anything you heard about today, please, please, please go ahead and send me an email to drjeff, Jeff at petliferadio.com. I will either, well, I'll answer you personally, but also if it's a really good question, we'll go ahead and talk about it on our next show. Have a great week or two or three, everybody. See you soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.